Hi, and welcome to the Just Riding Along Show. Hello, and welcome to episode 16. 16. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Blessings from Taco, because it's ultra windy outside, and the wind scares the big 45-pound fluffy dog, so he's going to woo-woo-woo, and you're going to hear-hear-hear him. Yeah, sorry to that listener that said that Taco startled him. Because he was driving down like a quiet back road and listening to the podcast and then had a dog bark real loud in his car. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. But Kind you, of. Yeah, you get more blessings from Taco. So, there will definitely be more blessings tonight. Uh, so, what have you guys been up to? I, I got to listen to uh, your Sausage Fest episode last week. Uh, it's called Boys Night. Or Sausage Fest. Kenny, how's it been going out there in Utah? Let's see. What have I been doing? Did some Suron riding. I still yet to put my TRP brakes on. I've been very lazy. I did wash my bike for the first time in a really long time uh, in preparation for putting the brakes on. Do you still have nice on. weather out there right now? It's decent. So I think this next weekend's going to be probably like one of the last nice weekends. I think it's going to be... 60 degrees, that kind of thing. But then it'll be pretty garbage after that. Yeah, it's going to be like that here. Y'all haven't had a snow yet, have you? Like an in-town, like fleeting snow? Uh, No. Mountain, like mountaintops definitely have snow, but nothing in the valley. Oh, yeah, but you guys are like 4,000 and change, right? Um, Yeah, about five. Got it. Cool. All right. What have you... So you did Suron riding. Is that it? Like, are you, you just... He said he washed his bike. Oh, yeah, he washed his bike, and then I interrupted him, like, how's the weather out there? I did there? a road ride. <laughs> I was thinking about you and your brakes. Yeah, I did a road ride on the Levo. I've got uh, road wheels for the Levo, and went on... <laughs> In the full dentist setup? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, did a road ride with the roommates, went up really high in the mountains. It was fun. I did. I did kind of an out and back. Because they were doing like a 70-mile ride, and I don't quite have the juice to do that much. Plus, I really didn't feel like being on the bike for five hours. Uh, so I ended up doing like a four-hour ride, just an out and back up in the mountains. And on the way back, I did hit some single track with the slicks, and it was good. <laughs> have you ever thought about hooking that up with like some 2.1 fast tracks so you can die slightly less when you hit the single track on the way I home? I could, but I do that so rarely. Typically, it's like... I'm doing a road ride with road people, either on road bikes or gravel bikes. And they'll do gravel just fine. They're like negative tread 2.5 slicks, and I can run low pressure. It was fine. All but like mud, you would be fine. And sure enough, it was fine. And there was a few mud spots, and off-camber kind of clay mud stuff is very, very sketchy and scary. But, you know, it's a couple feet at a time, and it's fine. It's good practice anyway. That's why you wear a full face. That's correct. Did you take any photos while you were out there? I did not. I'm not a big picture person, especially when I'm by myself. You got to... I need your photos, Kenny. You <laughs> I... can't just have the Matt and Andrea JRE Instagram. I know. I can probably... I've I said think it this a is Andrea's times, way of like... But I can probably dig up something, maybe. <laughs> this is Andrea's way of telling people why Kenny's not on the Instagram. It, yeah. It's because she's trying... And Kenny doesn't really care about it, but she has to act like she cares about it so people don't think she's a bitch. 
Well, and also, I I want my photos to go on my own personal Instagram instead of on the JRA Instagram. So it is a very selfish motive. But I also do want people to see antics of Kenny. So, I mean, even if you just had random shit, like a picture of some chicken nuggets or something, like that would be more interesting than, you know, like some of the dank memes I post on there. Yeah, I've kind of... I don't want to bum people out. I've kind of done it all when it comes to mountain bike stuff. So it's very rare that I go to like some new place or want to take a picture because I kind of do the same stuff. So if you see pictures, it's going to be like, you know, fabricating, welding, blowing stuff up, motorcycles, cars. That's all right. That's cool. I mean, if people don't like it, they can, you know, build a time machine. That is correct. So what have you guys been up to? Uh, I went elk hunting last week as... Most of the listeners know, and I was pretty unsuccessful at it. <laughs> pretty? Well, I mean, I, not it wasn't 100% a bust because I did have one stalk on some animals that I heard in the woods just as the sun was coming up, but I just didn't do it. Well, I mean, for one, it's one of the first times that I've done that, and even though I was trying to be very level-headed and be like, okay, you have to go slow, and I'll just stop and wait. What's the wind doing? Are there any other animals that see you that you don't know are there? Like, you know, what's watching you besides what you hear off in the distance? Yeah, I, I was trying to be very calm and collected about that, even though, you know, my heart was going like 500 miles an hour. But... The leaves were real crunchy, like super crunchy aspen leaves. And the sun, about, I don't know, five minutes into this whole process, I'm kind of going uphill. And it was good. Like, I had the wind in my face, like a nice breeze in my face. So, like, nothing was smelling me, theoretically. But the sun peeked up over the edge of the horizon and just like blasted me right in the face so it made me very easy to see and it made difficult for me to see anything so yeah I mean that part you know I I guess I screwed that part up but um, after that I just couldn't I couldn't find anything so I'll uh, I'll be putting videos up on uh, JRA YouTube at some point I did little short you know like one to three-minute videos most of the days. But other than that, you know, I got back and I started a new job. So I'm not at the dairy anymore. The dairy closed down. And I'm now just doing office office assistant work um, for an insurance, a health insurance broker, uh, which is pretty far flung from what I'm used to. But it's only through January. So I'm just happy to have a paycheck through you know, like the middle of January. So if you live in Colorado and you are confused by health insurance, you can definitely message me and I can point you in the correct direction to someone who's not confused by health insurance who can help you out. But yeah, that's that's all I got, really. I've got a boring office job now. Well, I don't know. I talked about my Envy wheels. I didn't talk about riding the spot yet, have I? No, you were you hadn't ridden it, or you had only like ridden it around the neighborhood or something. Yeah, so I've ridden the spot now. Um, God, it's good. Uh, did I do one ride on that bike or two? I've done two rides on it. 
Didn't you, you put gears? Have you ridden it since? You I put, haven't ridden it geared yet, okay. but I rode it single speed twice. And oh yeah, you should tell everyone about your why you put gears on it, and then why you figured out you didn't have to do that. Well, I mean, sort of. No, I I put gears on it. I, I've been having some weird like leg pain, and I just thought a big problem that I was having was um, that I wasn't retail fit anymore, which is like. Oh, we've talked about this where it's like, oh, two pallets of bikes showed up today. Let me schlep those in and set them here and check them in and then schlep them over here and then put them on shelves that are, you know, six inches to 36 inches high, whatever. You know, like, I'm not saying it's like a lot, right? I'm not like I picked up a whole pallet of bikes and moved it at once, but it's like... It's way uh, different than sitting at a desk all day. Yeah, it's like, oh, you moved 20... 35 pound or 40 pound boxes two or three times over the course of the afternoon like it adds up fast like it's way different than moving around my apple wireless mouse and click clacking on a keyboard right like that takes zero effort but i kept getting some weird pain every time i ramped up volume and i was attributing that to not having a lot of core strength and because the pain i was having to make a long story short um, if you can imagine on the, uh, what would that be? The interior side of my left knee. Yeah. So like the interior side of my left knee, the medial side, Yeah, the medial side of the left knee, not the distal. Um, that's, that's different, but it's okay. But I mean, that'd be like your collarbone, right? It'd have a median and a distal end. Sure. Yeah. Like from the, the inside of my knee and then like up the inside of my thigh and then around like up through the groin and then like around the the top of my hip I had this odd pain and I could roll it and it would feel better and obviously not riding made it feel better but I just noticed something really weird in my like riding and I was like huh and you thought it was because the gear on there was a little too hard I thought it was because every time I ramped up volume I thought it was just a soreness issue and I thought the gearing on my bike I mean I know it's a little hard but I thought the gearing is what was making that aggravated. And then I was riding and I was looking down at my pedals as one want to do <laughs> while riding. Uh, Just if, staring at pedals. If Chris Froome looks at pedals, I look, or at stems, I look at pedals. I mean, sometimes if you're on your single speed and you're not going very fast, and you like just stare at your pedals, it's like easier to pedal harder because you're like <laughs> thinking about them more. And there's like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a thing, but go ahead. I, I definitely do think it's a thing. Like, I think it's a thing to the point that, like, I do it sometimes. Um, and I'm just like, huh, that's weird. And, like, my feet looked different. And um, it turns out when I set up my new shoes months ago, I, literally months ago, um, I put one of the cleats in the wrong spot. Like all the way in the wrong spot. Yeah, like you know how your cleat has inboard and outboard adjustment? I had my left foot all the way inboard instead of all the way outboard. So when I adjusted it, it adjusted it to the tune of like 10 millimeters or something ridiculous, which is in the world of cleat placement like a fucking mile. <laughs> so with that said, I'm an idiot. Thanks, Andrea, for bringing that up. I'm an idiot. There's nothing wrong with my leg. I was just pedaling with it wrong because my cleat was in the wrong spot. Which goes back to the fact that I've ridden my new bike, which I'm sure people want to hear about much more than all of that. I mean, I think 
cleat placement problems are a universal thing that some of our listeners can relate to. Flat pedals. They don't they don't have that problem. I don't think any of our listeners use flat pedals. Come on. I can name five. I can't actually. <laughs> uh Stan does. Oh well Stan doesn't count. Jesus God. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding, Stan, you count. So I've ridden the bike. It's really stiff in a great way. Um, it has a 500 reach, 500 millimeter reach, which is awesome. I was able to, I set it up with some, it, it's set up fairly light. So 120 SID 35 SL fork, carbon crank, NVM 525 wheels, um, Oddly enough, a 170 Crank Brothers dropper fits in there, and I already owned it, so put that on there. Um, I have an Envy bar and power saddle because that's the only saddle that I ride. Anyways, my point is, like, I have it built up, like, functionally really well. Like, yes, it was set up single speed when I weighed it, but, like, it had a 35 mil chassis, 124, had a 170-millimeter dropper post with a nice Wolf Tooth bar-centric remote. Yeah, let me plug that in there. Um, and then uh, what else on the bike? Oh, pretty big front tire for sure. So like a Recon Race 235 in the rear, but a Recon 26 up front. And it's like 22.6 pounds with bottle cages and a computer mount and stuff. Like, I'm pretty stoked on that. So I did build it rigid for like three minutes just to like look at it. Yeah, you wrote it like one ride or two rides rigid, didn't you? No, I never rode it rigid. Oh, okay. I thought you rode it at least. No, once. because I wanted to go ride single track and not get beat up. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool because it's got like, like when it was super rigid, like rigid, rigid, it was like twenty and a half pounds. But whatever, that's not really like a mountain bike. Um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's not a great mountain bike for here. I know. I then I rode that a couple times. I started riding the trainer again because it's just super ultra convenient when it's like, hey, I'm going to hop on the bike for 30 or 40 minutes before work. Like, I know that I complain about this all the time, but like, there's not like an easy neighborhood cruise here. Like, our neighborhood has a huge hill, and that's the only way to like ride from my house is to use the hill. Well, our house is 600 feet above the valley floor, basically. Yeah, and so. I mean, even like the short loop still has a lot of climbing in it. Yeah, yeah, it's like our the short loop from the house that takes like half an hour has about 300 feet of climbing, I think. Yeah, and the the problem isn't really the climbing, honestly. It's like, oh, cool, you have to descend. Like you need a puffy coat to descend at, you know, if it's like 7 in the morning and the sun's not been up for very long, it's... 25 degrees outside right that's the bigger problem but you're gonna do like 35 for a minute and then like eight miles an hour for the rest of the ride that's what makes it super hard but i've been riding the trainer and then yesterday i actually got out for like a really good ride uh andrea was going to work so i got everything ready just got dressed like i was going for a bike ride and got in the car with her and when we got to town i got out and i did a quick loop on s mountain and then I went down the bike path and uh, did a quick pass through the skate park and then hopped back on the road and rode to Methodist Mountain and did a quick loop over there and then hopped on the road and rode home. So it ended up being like 35 miles with like almost, it was 35 miles, 3,500 feet of climbing and like almost 
it was like three forty five, um, total time, including stoppage. So that was that was really good. I've just I'm not gonna talk about like too much, but like I'm gonna get in shape over the winter. I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm getting in shape for sure. And uh, what where was I going with that? Oh, like one of the things that I was like really focused on yesterday was like riding, meaning like I just didn't stop and like if I had to pee. I took a snack and if I was taking a snack, I took a pee too. Like it was just like trying to like pack all that stuff together. Again. Yeah. That's the efficient way to do it. But, uh, talking about getting ready to go for a bike ride, I bought some pants last week and I rode in them for the first, I rode in them twice this week. Actually, I rode on, rode them on the trainer, which sounds ridiculous, but like, I just wanted to make sure that like no seams rubbed me in a weird spot before I committed to doing that long ride in them. And, there's no issues, but uh, they're Fox Ranger pants, and they're really cool. They work great. And are they kind of marketed towards like the commuter nope. type thing? No, nope. they, mountain bike pants. Okay. Yeah, they are. I think that way. Like, there's two types of mountain bike pants that I've figured. I figured this out. There's like maybe three styles, right? There's like the what's that company that makes stuff? Club Ride. <sighs> no. You know, a company maybe like Endura that makes like the total like Great Britain super mud bog compatible like bibs. The stuff that the Atherton's ride in. Yeah, so like when you get roosted on the downhill they, track. They made like a onesie for for uh, Rachel Atherton's baby and it's, God, I sound, t- it's this is not normally like me, but I saw it this morning. I'm like, God, oh, that's really cute. Anyways, like, that is, like, one type of pant. But here in America, we don't really, like, have a need for anything like that. There's some parts of America where you could... Not really as much, though. Pacific Northwest, that kind of area. Yeah, so the other two types of pants that I would consider, like, really as a North American marketed item would be... There's, like, the Moto Bro pants, like, downhill pants. You know, those are, like, super, like... Troy Lee Designs, like, woo! Oh, they're made for you to, like, wreck and slide down a hill at 40 miles an hour and not rip. Like, they make sure the pockets hold a monster, for sure. Um, <laughs> but then there's this other style of pant, which is more what I would call, like, a... And, and it's not, like, a casual commuter pant. It's more like a, hey, when you go ripping through the woods, you might get, like, in some bushes or stuff. And this will just keep from, like, scraping your legs up. And that's what these are, and they're awesome. Or if it's just not 80 degrees outside. Sure, but I think the argument is, is like like you were saying there's pants to crash in. These are pants to like keep the brush off of you. Okay. But yeah, they're, they're really nice. They're way nicer than wearing tights. And I feel like it was the same weather window as where you would normally wear tights. But these had like functional pockets, and... Can you put your weed in there, man? I mean... There's a zipper pocket, so sure. I mean, you probably wouldn't like much to people's probably disbelief. I don't really know a lot about the marijuana. Carrying your weed around? Yeah, I don't really. Eh, I'm not gonna. Get I mean, too you deep take some it. weed candy with you occasionally. I mean, yeah, you know, that's just how it be though. Um, but I mean, if you want, like, there's a zipper pocket, but I guess like. From what I understand about marijuana, you would probably put your weed in a baggie before you put it in your pocket. I don't think you just like dump <laughs> just it off. Just dump in your some po- loose weed in your pocket. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, like kind of like baby carrots, you wouldn't just jam them in your pocket. You know, you give me some tots. Yeah, like so. 
that's what that's my understanding. If I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. But no, those pants are cool. All right. Now that Matt's talked for 15 minutes. You asked, you guys were like, I rode a little bit, and Andrew was like, I went hunting a little bit, and I'm like, hey, I rode my bike a few times, and I got some new cool stuff that we might want to talk about, and everybody's just like, you're a dick for talking, so Ooh, There's something on uh, that I want to bring up for new shit that we might hate, but first, I want to go through our patrons, since I didn't do that immediately when we started. Uh, so, as a random patron that that gave fewer than 10 that signed up for fewer than ten dollars i'm gonna go with mark vale after that we've got our 10 and 20 dollar patrons will will the real matthew ty taylor scott phil parker nick nicholas ben at mountain bike radio lead out sports josh jenny talia jeff Jamie, Jake, Jake, Gordon, Garrett, Evan, Brad, Bill, Anthony, Anthony, Alec, Aaron, Troy, Six Pack Outdoors, Mike, Brady, and Affordable Trail Solutions. And I butted in there because I heard Andrea's voice crack after talking for four minutes. (laughs) She talked four minutes collectively and her voice is like, yeah, yeah, that happens. Uh, so the new shit that we probably hate, I don't know if you guys are going to hate this, the Reserve Wheels Fillmore Tubeless Valves. High flow, no clog, micro adjust, three times the airflow of standard Presta valves, and a life-changing no clog design. And they're kind of expensive, they're 50 bucks for the pair. Uh, they have a lifetime guarantee. Did you look at these really? I mean, I looked at them enough to know that I'm not buying them. (laughs) I think you'll actually like them. So I've used and seen them in person. And yeah, I think they're going to be good. I'm trying not to be mad about it because they're probably fine. It's kind of weird looking at the pictures. The top cap only threads into like the movable core portion of it. It has nothing to do with the threads that are on um, like the black anodized main portion of the valve. So... I uh-huh. thought maybe it like threaded into both at the same time. I couldn't really figure it out. But once I had it in my hand in real life, it made a lot more sense. I think those other threads are there in case you have a pump that needs to be like threaded on, but it has nothing to do with like releasing air or right, holding on right. the cap or anything like that. So yeah, they seem to work good. I don't know. I haven't so run them yet personally. Um, this is my question about yes. them. And maybe you can answer since you've had your hands on one. So on a Presta valve... If you're sloppy putting a pump on, or just with age, the actual valve part, that that little stem, can break off. Sure. Well, pecker gets bent. Yeah, or bent, or whatever, and like you just unthread it and put a new one in, which is what happens when a valve clogs. You know, like you just put a new Presta valve in. But anyway, um, that aside, can that is that little stem? Like, is that bendable? Like, could you fuck that up? I think you, know, you could, like but I think it's... Like, putting the pump on wrong or whatever? I think whatever. it's a little bit like, thicker and all one piece and made out of, like, steel and not brass, maybe, or something like that. I don't actually know. It seemed relatively stout. Could you bend it or break it? I think absolutely you probably still could, and then I think you're out your entire valve. Uh, but I think they also have a lifetime yeah. warranty, 
So, that's, I mean, it's annoying to have to, like, warranty a yeah, valve, Yeah, that's what right? it said, lifetime guarantee. Um, yeah. I'd have to use one to really know. So, yeah, I, I noticed that in the and, video they had, and they said, oh, yeah, you can't bend or break. And I'm looking at it going, well, that's the same skinny thing as the other one. I don't understand how that one's not breakable. Yeah, yeah. That's the one downfall I see to this. That and, you know, if you're using a, like a cush core or something, I, I don't. Well, no, I think they did answer that question in like a comment section somewhere. Uh, you can use it with a cush core, but there's a lot more resistance to opening it or letting air out. Or, I don't know. Yeah, it's like I. It's just one of those things where yeah, it does a good job, but it's also one of those things where like I'm sure it functions great and it works really well because it looks like it was well thought out. Aside from the fact that that little tip might break off but it's another one of those things it's i see is just like a problem or a solution looking for a problem like a presta valve yeah it can get clogged up but shit if you work at a bike shop and i don't know if kenny if these are out of stock you might have to tell me but you can get a bag of presta valve cores and that presta valve core when you sell it to a customer is literally the highest margin item you can sell to a customer yeah, I mean, shop. we actually don't sell them at a very high margin, to be honest. We might pay a dollar for them and, and sell them for three, but probably not even that much. So it's not very different from a tube uh, as far as margin goes. We, right. at the end of the How day, fast can you we put probably don't actually make much money on them because the number of times we install them because we just want to make our lives easier or we know the customer is going to be a pain in the ass and I don't even want to talk to them about why I did the right thing and put a $3 new valve core in their bike because I don't want someone to bitch at me. <laughs> so I just freaking do it. I never so we had probably get mad about it. We probably eat a lot of those and or forget to charge customers. So yeah, we probably lose money on those to be honest. Um, but we, you know, I buy thousands a year between all the stores. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it, I don't remember what we charged for them at absolute, but it, it was, a lot more than what we paid for them just because it was, I don't know. Like, I mean, it always was, you know, we'd put those in, you know, if you were getting a new tire or something and it's like, yeah, an extra three or four bucks and no one ever questioned it. It's like, Hey, your valve was clogged. And someone's like, Oh yeah, that thing sucked. And thanks for changing it. And they didn't care about the extra few bucks on there. So I don't know. Like, I didn't see, I don't see old Presta valves as that big of a deal as long as you have access to replacements, but I guess this is all right. I guess like my only, my only like argument for these is I feel like if you travel with your bicycle, you need to own a backup pair of your, it's kind of like if you own Magura brakes or if you have like, what's another weird brake brand? Formula. Yeah, like if you have formula brakes, like you have to carry your own brake pads. Like you can't go to a bike shop and just be like, give me brake pads. You know, like if you just run normal good old stands valves at $10 a piece, you you could just go into a bike shop and be like, give me a valve. Like well, I broke if one of today. these broke, you would just go into a bike shop and say, give me a valve, and they'd put a stands valve in your, in your wheel. Yeah, you got a couple No, but options. if you're used to three times the... F- if you're used to three times the flow, there's never a way you could go back to being a poor person with one time the flow. You would have to carry. Like, God, all the time you save inflating your fucking tires, how would you not, how could you afford to not 
have your spare <laughs> Fillmore valves. I mean, <laughs> over the course of a year, you must save fucking minutes. Oh boy. So it's, Ooh, it sounds wait, like you're maybe not a fan. Chart for I, I'm not actually being funny right now. The hey. one thing that bums me out about these is that they're not titanium. I don't like aluminum valve stems anymore. That's my point. So they br- that's what I'm getting at. Like aluminum valves break. I want to. If they made these in tie, I would be on it because I run those Linderettes tie valves, and they're pretty cool. They're they're lots of dollars. Those are sexy, um, and they yeah. run regular you know valve cores. So. I mean, what I do, it really does bother me. Like, you can tell over time, like, after a year, the floor pump, like, barely pumps up my tires anymore. And I just pop out those $3 valve cores, and it's good for another year, right? So, is it a big deal? No. But, anyway, we'll see. We'll see how good they work. It, I've got a whole bunch like of sets coming. It looks like it wouldn't fit your... Aren't you running the... Aren't you really running the Control SL wheels or rims? I have a set of controls. They're not the SLs. They're just the regular controls. Okay. Uh, but the new one, so the DT350 This is showing their... Con- and also, I their run... Their compatibility says... I run Knox wheels. So the one other thing about the... Um, okay. One other thing about the valves that I don't like, they need to come with a multi O-ring pack. So we sell the orange seal valves, for example, in the store, just because they come in a nice little kit. Uh-huh. And they've got every like a zillion different little O-rings you can put on the base to like contour and fit every rim out there. And they work really good. Um, we probably sell more stands valves just because people know what they are and they're maybe a few dollars cheaper. But for that random rim, that DT Swiss or whatever that comes in that kind of sort of needs a special valve, you can just toss one of these arm seal guys in. So feedback to um, to Santa Cruz on this is make them titanium and have multiple uh, bases for them so you don't just have like the conical rubber thing so it like pooches out on certain rims or straight up doesn't seal on certain rims. That would be really good but then they're going to be eighty dollars or a hundred dollars for the set but whatever <laughs> so they have a compatibility chart uh they fit rims 18 to 28 millimeters deep i don't know how deep the knox wheels are but they do say that control sl rims are not compatible those are 30 millimeters or 30 and a half millimeters deep well, also, I think the they're talking about SL the old ones, a, not the a, new ones. Uh, but both of those require a flat okay. valve. Like, they run just an O-ring. And it runs completely flat. Oh. All right. Uh, should we move on? Yeah, because yeah. We don't I was to totally being talking. facetious. Like, I understand where the product comes from. And I'll say I've never touched them. But I will say this. I'm not really, like, excited to touch them. I may be proven right. wrong in the future. But, like... I don't feel like this. This doesn't make me feel happy below the waistband. <laughs> Do you want me to read this question? Yeah, you have to read the the like name instead of reading that name. Read that name at the end. All right. So, a name from uh, this is a question from Harold Balzonia. I don't. I never get these. I think it's kind of like holding balls on you or something. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I that's I can't you got to scroll back up now. That's how it starts. Oh, plusher single speed. Oh, this would be like the title, right? Plusher single speed on the cheap. I've currently got two mountain bikes that you probably all hate. I've got a rigid Riley 29 single speed chain not belt drive and a Canfield Nimble 9 1x12 micro spline rear. Canfield currently has a DVO diamond fork but doesn't have a lockout. The Riley is 
pretty bottom of the barrel and the can field is fairly respectful. Lately, I've really been enjoying the Raleigh when climbing, but even on Boise's pretty tame foothills, the rigid fork beats me up on the descents. I like, wait, if like to plush up, the, oh, I'd like to plush up the downhills. The misses, the in, microspline. The microspline hub makes a single speed conversion more difficult and the Raleigh straight steer tube makes even the shitty suspension forks tough to find. I'm one of those riders who's Blessedly, not too sensitive to have the best of everything. I don't race, and the majority of my riding is mostly on my own flowing single track with a touch of rocky and loose terrain thrown in. If you were me, would you keep looking for an old shitty fork for the Raleigh, a rear wheel for the Canfield, or a whole new bike? I don't want to cheap out too much, but I do work for a nonprofit. So, for whatever I should recommend, please make any product recommendations I should look into to maximize my doll hairs. And I editorialize that. Thank you, or thanks for all of your help and making one of my favorite podcasts, Harold Balzania. Um, <laughs> great. Um, he has a very uh, nice opinion here. He says, I'm a former hunter turned vegetarian. Can't say the hunting stuff is my favorite, but I appreciate Andrew recognizing and not alienating the plant-based crowd. I can't let the hunting bother me because I want to buy bike stuff and not save up to buy a time machine and go back in time to fuck myself. <laughs> so, um, with that said, for well, those thank of you, you Harold Balzonia. For those of you that don't know, the Raleigh twenty nine is very much like the, like the Redline Monocog and- that Kenny and I have waxed poetic about fairly recently. So with that said, he has an two not new bikes and it sounds like he's maybe interested in having one newer bike and i think the one newer bike to own would be a salsa timber jack yeah i think that's a solid recommendation i mean it's going to be a big upgrade probably from either of the bikes that he has i mean the the canfield's nice for sure but the the raleigh or the the salsa would be like a single speedable modern hardtail um, that's really all I have for that one. The Canfield Nimble 9, is that a hardtail? Yeah. Okay. Puts the nimble in it. Oh, okay. So, wait, is, is that a hardtail that is single-speedable? If he had a not micro-spline hub? I think so. But I think that's not a very new bike. Could you... There's one company that makes a micro-spline cog, isn't there? Not that I know of. Yeah, Dickie put one up one time. Oh, yeah, uh, Boone. The Boone tie cogs. Because yeah, so it's a tie cog that has a bolt-on carrier, and the bolt-on carrier they adapted to microspline. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so if you just want to stick with the with the uh, Nimble 9, you can do the Boone microspline tie cog. I'm not going to tell you that it is a high-quality piece of equipment because I've literally never touched one. And I think I've seen one on the internet once. But um, I think most of the people I know that have used Boone anything have been pretty happy with it. But it could also kind of be the envy effect because I don't think that stuff's real cheap. But it would be cheaper than you buying a new bike or a new wheel. So, But he also wants a fork with a lockout. So then he's got to buy a new fork for that bike too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you could definitely just sell both and get a slightly more modern in every way, bike. Uh, what other questions do we have? I have a few on Instagram. Kenny, unless you want to weigh in on single speed, a bull hardtail options, which I assumed you 
didn't have much uh, skin in the game on that one. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I just haven't kept up with that stuff recently. I think your recommendations are decent. Um, yeah, if you love the bike, I guess you can try to work around it, but dealing with new upgradable things with a non-tapered head tube uh, is going to be really difficult. Okay, so question from... I'm just going to go ahead and screw his name up again because he laughed about it when uh, I saw him on the trail the other day. I actually met this person in person. Um, I don't know. It was maybe a month ago. Uh, Carpy Smith, not Carrie P. Smith. It's now Carpy Smith. Question for the podcast. Are Cane Creek's EE wings a love letter to your bike or a decadent overspend that is a testament to income inequality? can can i throw shade in one answer while throwing anti-shade in an answer hold on he also had sent me another message saying cool video you're featured in salsa cycles buena vista banana belt when was it filmed it was back in may sometime i think or early june yeah because the top of greens creek was still snowy you know, for everyone that says you should buy a tie crank because carbon cranks break too often, the cool part is is you can buy tie cranks that break also. Do those cane? Have you seen broken cane creek ones? I haven't. Paid I mean, like, it's to them. anything. You can break anything. Right. You can break an XTR crank. You can break an E wings. You can break a carbon crank. So, um, if you just want to stand around and talk to a bunch of dudes about your crank, then you buy an E-Wings <laughs> crank. If you just want nice shit for your bike, just buy an XX1 crank. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, if you put it, if if you look at it all the time on the internet and you're like, man, I wish I had that, and you say it over and over and, like, you can go buy it and not, you know, be in, like, irreparable credit card debt, then buy the e-wings crank but is it gonna make your bike go faster when you push on the pedals probably not is it gonna be something that you can kind of show off in the parking lot or on the trail yeah it'll be that nope i want to be salty about it is it it's is it gonna make the like the nostalgic old crusty mountain bike dudes get like a boner for your bike fuck yeah it will remember brent like when he saw those, he was like, oh, they look just like this. They look like Cook Brothers cranks. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're in, if they satisfy your, your needs for that kind of thing, then go for it. Kenny, have you played with E-Wings cranks at all? I've seen a bunch of them. I've seen a broken one. Uh, I've seen creaky ones. <laughs> they look neat. Um, again, I think Andrea pretty much covered it. Is it going to make you a better rider or your bike that much more noticeably comfortable or even that much lighter? I would say no to all those things. But, I mean, I'm glad that they exist. It's pretty neat. They're kind of like artsy and made out of exotic material. Yeah. I think if you're going to have a bike that you don't ride really hard and you just want to, like, do something different and you enjoy when people come up to you and think your bike is cool, that's cool. Uh, I hate that. I don't, this is going to sound <laughs> antisocial. I don't want to talk about my damn bike. I want to ride my bike. I don't care what other people think about my bike. In all seriousness, I wish that, not that anyone would ever talk to me about this because everybody has Kashima Fox stuff. I wish that my Fox suspension was not Kashima. I wish it were black. Like I would actually pay extra money 
and time and effort to restanchion for blacktery. I would restanchion my front and rear. I want to have like zip ties on my bike. Uh, I want my bike to be utilitarian, but like nice. If that makes sense, I, we've discussed it before. I would totally yeah. Like if I had a very very nice car, I would prefer to have like some zip ties on the bumper, and I I want to make people <laughs> uncomfortable about nice things. I don't want people to tell me that I have nice things. I don't give a shit. Like I don't care at all what anybody thinks about any of the stuff that I own. You know, and let's be honest, right? Like there's three things that can happen on the trail, right? One, the courteous acknowledgement without further chit chat. Hey, nice day out today. Have a good one, right? Great trail experience, right? This person, you were cruising up to a trail intersection, they clip in, or like you you come to a stop, they they like wait to see if you're going to go or stop so they don't get in your way. They're like, hey, nice day, have fun, and they clip in and ride away. Boom, wonderful trail experience, right? Another awesome trail experience. Nice day today. Yeah, yeah, da-da-da, da-da-da. Oh, you know, like uh, lowest uh, air pollution we've had in Salt Lake since uh, this state. Um, turns out there's this special weather pattern that moved through that really cleared out the valley, and air pollution's at a 10-year low. You'd be like, wow, that's neat as shit, <laughs> right? The last thing you need to do is work at a bike shop probably, you know, 40-plus hours a week, right? And then ride your bike a couple hours a week and in the middle of your ride somebody come up to you and start talking about fucking bikes <laughs> just fucking bikes just it's like you're sucking a dick and another one slapping you in the face <laughs> like i don't know i've never done it but like i have this feeling that there's only time for one dick at a time and like that's what i feel like sometimes like you talk about bikes all day for work and then you ride your bike and then you record a podcast about bikes and then people are like well Let's talk about new fucking bikes. And, like, that's really fun a lot of times. But then it's also really fun to be like, I learned how to ride a motorcycle today. And I'm like, holy shit, that's neat. Or, like, I got a new paddleboard, right? Like, it just it simply for the fact that, like, a different part of your brain, like, lights up and it's like, I don't know all the answers to this one. You know, I just want to put this out there. If you ever see me on the trail and I just wave and pedal a little harder, I'm just nicely saying I don't feel like stopping and chatting. If I stop and chat, it's because I actually like want to stop and chat. And you can talk to me about pretty much anything. And I won't feel as though I'm getting multiple dicks slapped at me at once. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's a lot of people in the bike industry that don't do anything but bikes and all they talk about is bikes and then like you're on a ride and then suddenly that ride feels like work because you're talking about bikes would oh, you disagree well, with that kenny it doesn't feel like work for me anymore <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty accurate the other good one that's happened to me a few times is you'll get people that are like semi-bike savvy and you're going on a group ride and it's someone you haven't met before. It's like a friend of a friend or something like that. They get wind that you're like a bike person. And then they'll ask your opinion about something. And I'm very honest with my answers. <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. Uh, yeah. They're like, hey, uh, so I'm thinking about completely selling my bike because I want to buy something new because it has a T47 bottom bracket. And I'm like, 
that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. I would never do that. <laughs> but this is after they've like maybe asked advice, you know? I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's really stupid. They're like, oh, I think I will because it's a good idea. I'm like, okay, cool. Why'd you ask me? Like, A, I don't even want to talk about it. And B, you're going to throw some dumbass shit my way uh, and then be surprised when I give you the correct answer. It's more like they ask a question. So that they can give their opinion. So they can give your opinion and tell you why your opinion's wrong, even though you are the professional. I despise that interaction. I have that interaction probably twice a month, and I hate it. <laughs> Not a lot you can really do, right? You can't, because you want to look at it and be like, why the fuck did you waste my time? You can't say that to them, though. I mean, you can. It's a free country. All right. Are we ready for the next question? Yeah, but we're both eating chocolate. It's all right. I can multitask. So, this listener says, Long-time listener, thanks for all the hard work. I just picked up a free 1993 Gary Fisher Huku Iku steel frame hardtail. I'd love to turn this into a party bike. I'm a full-sized boy, 5'11", 190. <laughs> I would love... For the record, full-size <laughs> is like 6'6", 225. I mean, in his world, he's a full-sized boy, okay? And I would love to hear what you guys would do to make this guy slap. I live on the Nevada side of Tahoe, a.k.a. the good side, and I love to ride everything from long flowy days in the saddle to sketchy technical downhill. I might also use this bike to get some secret backcountry hunting honey holes. Oh, to get to some secret backcountry hunting honey holes. I just want to hear what upgrades you think would be feasible for this bike or what you would personally do to dream to this dream beater. Truck nuts, single speed, hefty boy wheels, rigid fork, frame bags, suggested maintenance. Any and all suggestions are welcome. I apologize for the lack of an actual question. Ruperty Duperty. That's his name. Can we all rapid fire this one? Yeah. Who can I go first? Yep. Sure. So I can start eating chocolate again. Alright, so Velocity wheels, just buy some pre-built velocity wheels that are rim brake and tubeless. Buy whatever Avid V-brakes you can find. Yeah, I was going to say V-brakes instead of cantilever brakes. Hey, bitch, it it's my turn. If it doesn't have that already. It's my turn. Rigid fork, because that suspension fork does not work. You need to run a GX Eagle drivetrain. And here's the odd one, though. You may have to put a giant front chain ring on there. Yeah, depending on your rides, like 34, no, 36 or something. Like a 32 29er, you know, like a 32 on a 29er is really close to a 36 on a 26er. Yeah. So you may find that like the, the 36 is ample so you don't spin out too fast. Um, and then I'm just going to say if it's 27 two seat post, it needs that AXS reverb dropper post <laughs> and then because you need all the plush you can get you should put the fit's going to be weird so you should buy some like oddity riser bars or some shit for it yeah whatever. yeah it's probably like real low in the front so getting your bars up higher is going to be probably most likely uh something that you want to do with that bike but yeah i agree with matt as far as that build so your free bike's going to be expensive as fuck. Yeah, yeah, that free bike is going to be expensive as fuck. 
<laughs> Kenny. All right, you ready? I don't think you're ready. Here, here's what <laughs> okay. you want. I'm sitting down. You want? Should I stand up so I can sit down again? Yeah, you should. You want Magura hydraulic rim brakes. You want? Oh, oh fuck. snap! You want a soft ride stem? <laughs> uh, if you go rigid. Wait, a soft ride or a redshift? Like a modern one? No, you want the original. I, I don't know about the new one. You don't know about the redshift sports stem? Maybe not. I'll look it up. Anyway, soft ride stem. What other weird old shit could you run? Uh, I would run like three by nine. Disc three wheel? by nine XTR was like really good. Uh, what? Oh yeah, it was. What else? Like dual control Ooh, levers? Or I don't no? know. Yeah, I don't want to kill you. Dual control no. hydro levers and. And I'm trying to get to those, good old stuff, not funny old rim. stuff. Uh, what else? We're going to do, if you're going to do a rigid fork, you get like a Niner Carbon, which would be pretty cool. They make those in straight steer tube. You can also get like MRPs. You can get all kinds of so, cool carbon <laughs> forks. I've got one. It's either an MRP or like, a, what other weird brands are there? So you'd make it like mullet, like 29, 26? Uh, that's also a really good idea. I think doing it mullet would be really cool. <laughs> Uh, you could also do like a front hydro brake, uh, like a regular disc brake, and then you could do the hydraulic rim yeah. brake on the back. That would be really cool. Yeah, so that's my plan. Mullet, if you want to do rigid, that's cool. If not, you can run. It's still going to be hard to find a straight steer tube. Well, you can find 26-inch rigid forks. Like you can get a Surly fork that's a 26 straight tier t- steer tube. Sure. The one by one fork is not as easy to get as it used to yeah, be. Yeah, that's true. A lot of that stuff is hard to get now. Um, but it's still out there. Question Would you, okay, would you go mullet wheel or would you go mullet wheel and mullet brake? So it's like Magura rim in the rear, but then like disc up front. That's what I do. I do mullet Or would brake. you go through the work of getting mullet brake, mullet wheel? Okay. Three by nine drivetrain. And as exchange. As exchange for giving you this advice, I expect a GPS coordinate of your Tahoe hunting honey hole. All right. Uh, what other try. What other questions? That's it. I'm done. Can we meat and chocolate? Can we shut this down because it's after my bedtime? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Just Riding Along Show.